computer. This is data. I'm an android. I'm a basketball. I was processing all of the information. Processing. One of those idiots who believe in analytics. Rangers pick basketball. Analytics was crap. Does not compute. Just because you got good stats doesn't mean you're a good team. everyone and welcome to another edition of the Lakers Exceptionalism Podcast. I am your host for the day, Tim. You know me as Cranjus McBasketball on Twitter and we're just going to have a quick one today reacting to what's happened in the past 24 hours. Uh, the Lakers losing to the Clippers uh, and then, you know, in not great fashion, losing by a point uh, after having beaten Portland by not much, only five points. Uh, we've seen some monster games from Anthony Davis. LeBron is still out, but he should be back soon. Russ has not looked good recently. His performances have dropped a bit. and his, his play in general offensively continues to just swing up and down. And defensively has pretty stayed pretty standard, you know, below average. And, and getting worse and worse and worse. So he when he's not on it offensively, the Lakers have a problem there. And, and they're... They need to make a move. Something needs to happen. Uh, This group is in rough shape after losing to the Clippers. Let's take a look at the standings. The Lakers are, as of Friday before any games have been played, they are a game and a half out of the eight seed. And they have Denver, Minnesota, and the Clippers ahead of them. All three of those teams are at least six and four in their last 10 games. Dallas ahead there as well. Utah's been dropping a good bit, but they're a good six and a half games behind Utah. And there's still a lot of time left. There's still 30 or so games um, to catch up, what, a game and a half, two and a half games between the the Clippers and Minnesota, uh, four games behind Denver. There's time, but the Lakers need to start playing better. And that might look like LeBron gets healthy, Kendrick Nunn gets back, and he's playing. And that might be it. That might be all they really need to catch those teams. If they want a chance to compete, I think they're going to need to make a a bigger move here. And it doesn't have to be a a huge move. I'm not talking a big Russell Westbrook-Knicks trade. I I think there are moves around the margins they should be looking into, are looking into, and have a good shot at. It'll just be whether they actually are able to convert on those or not. I, I think, for example, that Kenrich Williams trade with OKC that we talked about if they're able to make that happen, we'll say for two second rounders, if no other team jumps in, you know, offering a first as they're asking for, and, and if the Lakers had offered a first, they wouldn't, you know, the messaging around that would be different. So different. So we know the Lakers, they're they're in the hunt there, but haven't met that price. Keep in mind, Kenrich, Kenrich Williams's value drops over time. If they don't trade him now, he's not going to be worth a first round pick later. They're not going to start suddenly play him more, trying to lose games. And, and so I think what we might see is either the Lakers up their offer. I think this Clippers deal may, you know, kind of kick them in the butt a little bit and, and tell them, you know, all right, it's time to be, it's time to, you know, we're ready to offer that first round pick 2027 with some degree of protections, or maybe they're, they're, we just see no movement from them until at the deadline when no one else steps in and maybe OKC just takes what the Lakers are willing to offer there, uh, even if it isn't a first-round pick, and they're able to get a good value. Either way, I want them to 
be active. And from what we hear, they are being active. From what we hear, the Lakers, I mean, the, the Lakers over the past couple of weeks are like locking down parts of the building, uh, certain rooms people go can't go into. And from everything we're hearing, they're just being super, super active recently. They're working the phones constantly, just locked away in their war room. And that's good news, I think, for us. That means that they're not just like, well, we tried. Nobody wants THT. We'll, we'll give it a shot, you know, during the offseason. Um, they're doing what they can. They're exploring options. We're looking, I mean, looking into, and from what we've heard, looking into smaller deals to just dump uh, Ken Bazemore, dump DeAndre Jordan, dump, like, clear space for buyout guys. In, in someone they might look into is Paul Millsap, who I'm not very excited about. Uh, and they're also looking into some other deals, some other real deals for real you know players that can add value. And I wouldn't look at the Clippers deal and necessarily say that it sets the market. I think Portland's situation was pretty specific. They were really looking to just get under the luxury tax. They need that revenue sharing money. They don't want to be in the tax at all and are not in a position to compete. So they're, they're just trying to get below there. They're, that trade uh, was Eric Bledsoe, Just Swinslow, who's injured, Keon Johnson, who not, not a big value there, and a second round, a 2025 Detroit second round pick for Norm Powell and Robert Covington. That's a really good haul for the Clippers. That is super cheap from an asset standpoint for them. From a paying a luxury tax standpoint, it's going to cost them, I think, an additional $20 million more. But those are two pieces that fit in with what they want to do. They've got some good driving. They have a bunch of spacing. Whether or not Paul George and Kawhi, one, both, neither of them are back, this is a very, very well-coached team. This is coached by an elite coach, which we knew several years ago. Go go back. Go check the receipts. When the Lakers were doing their coaching search, we knew Ty Lue was an elite coach. Some people didn't, but it, you know you can't just look at the team's success and say, oh, you know what? This guy's good or this guy's bad because the, that Cavs team that wasn't good with him as the head coach for 20 games wasn't good. Come on. But he is an elite coach. This is a team that is making the most of what they have. This is a team that adding Robert Covington is in a better position to be switchable during the playoffs, which is the screen coverage you're going to want to be able to use against Utah, against Golden State, against Phoenix, against the Lakers. This is what shuts down a lot of these offenses. And, and not completely shuts down, but it's much more effective than drop coverage or or uh, those soft catch hedges or showing, showing and recovering. Like, that is the route. You want to have that tool in your toolkit. If you don't have it, like you're not getting into the club. You, you got to be able to have that if you want to make it far in the playoffs. So that is, from this trade, we see the Clippers able to better align with that. And they got some good shooting here with these guys. Norm Powell can do a little bit more than just shoot. That's exciting for them. From the Lakers' perspective, and we've talked about this, like while LeBron's out, you still want to see them grow in certain areas. And we saw them against the Clippers not start the game committing to switching, which looking at the data, I was able to get the data from uh, a source who has second spectrum, switching against this Clippers team with their available talent was by far the best option among the different pick and roll coverages you can run against them. Drop, they, they decimate. Um, soft hedges, they beat up pretty well. Uh, they're, what, what, icing side ball screens, they beat up really well. Now you can mix in trapping, you can mix in showing and recovering. But switching is what you want that base to be. And there are a bunch of options you can use within switching, whether or not you want to just auto switch or start with another screen coverage. And then if they drag out the hedge or whatever, then you switch. We've seen the Lakers do that in the past in the playoffs. We, I mean, there's options if you're giving up mismatches in the post, 
doing things pre-catch, fronting with, with lob help weak side or three quarters high with, with lob help or front, you know, what do you want to do about that? Do you want to scram out of those with off ball swishing? And then you, you have the same types of options with, uh, you know, after the catch in the post against a mismatch. Are you doubling? Are you digging down? Are you doubling from the strong side, the weak side? You know, how are you, are you running a box coverage? Like, what do you want to do? There are a lot of options there. It's not just switch and that's it. The, the, you know, it's switch and then the tactics to help enable it because you can't just give up some sort of size advantages and then just say, oh, well, you know, <laughs> we got to stick to our guys. There's nothing we can do from here. That's where Frank Vogel needs to make his money. And we saw the team get better at it throughout the game. But you've got to be able to go into the games with a smart strategy that makes sense given the scouting report, given the data, given the data on how the other team approaches things, and then have those tactics ready. And if switching doesn't work for this Lakers team, they're in trouble. They're they're set up in a position where they need to be able to be good at switching. And the tweaks that they should be making aren't just, all right, we tried switching, let's go to drop. In a lot of instances, it's going to be about tweaking those granular tactics about how do we, you know, off-ball switching or, you know, making the other team really earn the switch rather than just giving them up, just conceding them easily. If a guy's standing 35 feet from the rim and, and a screener just runs by and, and screens your dude, just go under that. Like, you don't need to be contest like, make them pressure you in a way that actually forces you to switch. Um, with perimeter isolations against Laker bigs, if you need to send help. You can send help, you can stunt, you can pre-rotate to the rim, you can pack the paint. Like There are options here. Not every option will work against every opponent, and different opponents will attack them in different ways that, that help dictate which one you want to use, but that's the way you have to be scouting and, and setting up. Because this Lakers team, if they want to make any noise, I think, I mean, obviously they need to be healthy. I think they need to make a trade. And they need to be set up to be a really good switching team. And, and that Williams trade helps with the switching as well because he's like a 6-7 KCP. Uh, so, you know, there is no perfect, like this solves all of the Lakers problems trade, but they have to find something that helps set the roster up a bit better. We've seen their chaser defense be decimated game after game in a lot of situations. They've got to be ready to defend via switching or via really good chaser defense, Phoenix and Golden State. And Utah. In, in, in Utah's tanking a bit here. We may see them try to be active with trades. I don't know exactly what they're going to do. They don't have a lot from an asset standpoint and available, you know, in terms of what they're able to do. But Lakers are being active. I think that's good to hear. We may see something sooner with, where the Lakers say, all right, well, we have to be more all in. We have to be more willing to move that pick to make something happen because otherwise we're not catching the late or we're not catching the Clippers. Or we see them be patient and maybe Braun comes back, they look great and they, they decide they don't need to make a trade. But I'd love to see a trade. I would love to see Braun healthy as soon as possible. Uh, we're seeing more and more just about every game now. Austin Reeves playing over Avery Bradley uh, and, and that's an encouraging sign and, and we're seeing him in crunch time. And, you know, this is this is how we laid it out. It was going to be more minutes with, you know, shorter, longer stints than it was going to be uh, crunch time, we start to see Reeves more than Bradley. Then it was going to be, we start to see him starting. The, that, that was kind of the progression here. And we've gotten closer and closer and closer to that. So get ready for that. I'm sure that's coming at some point. It may not be tomorrow, but it, you know, expect that at some point because the Lakers are, are appearing to figure that piece of this out. But it's just one little piece. And if other things don't fall into place, it, it won't ultimately change the outlook of where this team can go. They have to make the playoffs first. But once they do get to the playoffs, 
I feel pretty good if they can make that trade that they'll be in a pretty good position from a and, and there are other trades they're looking into that that should align here as well. I think any trade you make isn't for I mean unless you can get Miles Turner, which I don't think you get. You're you're not looking for a big anchor big to run drop coverage. You're looking for someone who's a wing or a mobile big that fits into what you want to be doing and should help, you know, align with everything that you're you're seeking to do and get to the playoffs as a good like a, a team that switches is committed committed to switching and is good at all of the little granular things they know all the, the levers to pull to make the most of that now let's quickly talk about paul Millsap, who geez has not been good this year he is in his age 36 season if you know big high pick high level in terms of what his jobs are he's a good fit stretch big on offense mobile big on defense but then when you dig into it uh, from a perimeter shooting standpoint, you know, shooting like 22%, uh, D three point shot making D perimeter shooting doesn't have much of a volume at all from a finishing standpoint, F finishing at rim rating. He is getting, you know, he is not converting well in the shots he's getting. He is creating shots at the rim, but I, I don't know that you really necessarily want that from a playmaking standpoint. He reads the floor pretty well. He's not going to be a high-volume passer, but he can do some smart things as a passer. Offensively, as a rebounder, he's solid. Defensively, as a rebounder, he's not anymore. As a rim protector, he'll be active, and, and, and he can disrupt you a bit, but compared to other bigs, isn't isn't really a huge help there, but is pretty versatile, can move his feet. Defensively, from an impact standpoint, he's been good. 70th percentile, B grade. Uh, offensively, I'm looking at his... his Stable efficiency, you know, points per possession values, and it's just F, 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 D, C minus, D minus, D plus, F, F, C minus, D plus. He has not been efficient. And if he can't hit open threes and finish dump offs at a decent rate, I, I like, I kind of get it. And, and it's not that he's paid, played a ton this year, um, but let's take a look at last season where he still wasn't really converting well in his threes, but he had, he almost shot, he shot 34% on a B minus shot quality. His finishing at the rim was much better. His playmaking data was better. His post-up data was much better. His defensive rebounding data was better. His perimeter defensive data was better. His interior defensive data was better. Like he was a really good player last year in terms of like A plus post-up stable efficiency um, was finishing dump offs well. Like there, there were things he was good at last year that at least so far this season he hasn't been good at. So if you get him as a buyout guy and it's free and you try it out, maybe he starts hitting his threes and, and maybe he's a good switchy mobile kind of guy defensively. Um, and, and so I get it. I don't mind it. I just want to set expectations that at least so far this season he hasn't quite been all that good. And, and he's getting older. So I'm a little worried there, but I would fully understand them throwing you know, him a roster spot if, if that becomes an available option for them. And, and part of that will come down to can they clear roster spots as well. So look for small trades. Look for not big, but real trades to bring in an asset. Look for the buyout guys like Paul Millsap and keep an eye out for this team improving their defensive scheme, hopefully starting games as smart as they possibly can with with good scouting reports because uh, they need to kick it into gear and, and LeBron needs to get back because I mean I was logging the data for the which one was it was it the Portland game I believe yeah and the Lakers ran set plays on like 20% of their possession or no 15% of their possessions and then there were another five about four or five percent where they had post players doubled and, and they countered it well um 
And then other than that, there were a lot, a lot, a lot of possessions, dozens of possessions where it was like, all right, ISO. Dribble up the court. Austin Reeves is going to ISO. We've got AD out there. We've got Russ out there. Like, that's not – don't do that. There are plays where we're just going to dump the ball into somebody in the post, stand around and watch while they get double teams. Plays where we're going to run one ball screen – it doesn't generate anything and then just kind of pass it around and, until someone shoots up a grenade with three seconds left on the shot clock. That's not good basketball. This team isn't playing the way they need to play defensively or offensively right, right now to be dangerous, nor do they have the health, nor do they have the roster construction. They can control the roster construction to a degree with buyouts and trades, and they're looking into that, and that's good. They can control the approach part of this but they should have been doing that already. So that's, you know, we're, we're, what, 50 games into the year. This, that needs to be better or none of this, none of the, the other pieces matter. And the health is something they can't really control, but they're, they're, to a degree they can. And they're trying to be preventative a bit with LeBron and, and doing what they can there to help get him back as soon as possible while taking care of some root cause type stuff. But I'm, this team's so up and down. Once they're healthy, they, they, they can be good, but they're not a competitor until they improve the approach. And in, if they really want to compete for a title, they, they need to make a trade here. But they can also make a trade, go all in, and, and not have the approach work out, and then it just isn't worth it, and they don't have a shot. So the, the coaching staff and the front office have things they, you know, there are to-do lists items for them that if either of them don't convert, this, this team isn't competing for a title. And I say this, you know, talking about a team in the nice nine seed right now. So they, they've got to make on, focus on making the playoffs first, seeing if you can get a, a favorable matchup and being set up well to exploit it. So that's all for today. Clippers made a big trade. Your turn, Lakers. The, the time is now. Are we committing or are we just going to let, let it ride and see what happens? We'll see. We'll talk to you next time. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.